I wanted to book you on this uh, show that I do. It's that basement show. There's no mic, no chairs, and unfortunately, this time around, I can't pay you, but there is a buffet. Cops retirement party. I got no room for you to stay in, but there's free drinks. You wouldn't mind uh, hiding out for about a half hour, 45 minutes until the uh, birthday girl gets there, would you? Wondering if you'd like to do comedy uh, on a boat. Not a very big boat, kind of just like a little boat. Really, it's just a canoe. Let me know if you want to do the gig. Hey, Gary, how you doing? We're back. This is Death by Comedy. I'm Chris Walsh. I'm Gary Peterson. Good to see you. Yeah, good to see you too, bud. How you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm out in the uh, Altadena area uh, at the base of a, um, I think, what could be the largest wildfire in uh, documented history in <laughs> California. It is outrageous. I mean, it is absolutely outrageous when you, you can see these things from like space, the space station, the International mm -hmm. Space Station. And it's, uh, it's hard to even just sort of put it in perspective because the news will cover it for like five minutes and they're like, this thing's a monster. And then two days later, no one gives a shit, you know, but yeah. you're trying not to breathe in the smoke. Mm -hmm. and you almost were evacuated, or did you get evacuated? Uh, they recommended an evacuation, but I'm I'm house sitting uh, with two elderly dogs for a friend, and it really it wasn't as close as like it was you know within a couple miles. Yeah, which is that's scary, scary and bad. Yeah. But at the same time, it was like in between uh uh was the science center that's super expensive and has state okay. funding so they they yeah. saved that right and i was like well if I, as long as i'm on this side of the uh -huh. science center i think i'm okay that's good reasoning uh, over there mount wilson and uh you know the firefighters um from all over they bust in um were flew in folks from canada and mexico and uh you know local departments and, and they've just uh attacked this fucking thing that's great but what what's kind of weird for me is uh you know life goes on and everybody else yeah. is experiencing life things so like i have an aunt who i do love uh and she is uh you know in her in her 80s and mm -hmm. she's just sending me like trump video and how biden's gonna ruin america and i just was yeah. like yeah i don't i don't have any more worry to give to anything yeah living in a waking nightmare yeah where i may i may be burned to death yes. at any moment yes so please don't send me this i yes. love you i respect you and then yeah. she was like oh sure 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 and uh i'm sure she'll send me another one yeah but yeah. it reminds me of uh dj hazard the uh the great oh. headliner out of boston he is uh i i think a, a, a sort of a spirit animal of the show Oh, he yes. once he had this joke. He would just say, "You cannot fathom the fucks I do not give." <laughs> um, when it comes to the Trump stuff, uh, I, I mean, his his was in regards to something back in like the '90s or the '80s or whatever. But I was recently watching Chernobyl, which I think this is this is uh, important. Good pick me up. Good. Yeah, pick yeah, me up yeah. Right but it, but it, but it kind of parallels a little bit our current. What I, what really struck me was when they. I don't know if you've seen it, but I'll describe it for our listeners. 
you know, Chernobyl has melted down and they need somebody to go in, to, in underneath the reactor, which is now technically it's taken a few days to melt down the core. Mm -hmm. And there's this like concrete uh, pad under Chernobyl that's going to melt. And then all the nuclear waste is going to go into the groundwater and basically contaminate like the entire earth. Mm -hmm. And so they go to the, um, the miners, these guys who have just been living their whole lives in a coal mine. And they're like, we basically need you guys to come and tunnel under. And when they go to these guys, these guys are just so beyond it all. Like you can't even lie to them. They don't give a fuck anymore. Mm -hmm. They've dealt with the worst that the Soviet Union has to offer. It feels like we are the miners who have to go under. <laughs> not, not necessarily you and I, but just your average citizen. And they keep saying things like, you know, I mean, we don't necessarily... I don't think we're too political. We're comedians. Mm -hmm. We don't really give a fuck. I mean, I've spent half my career naked on stage. I mean, I just don't give a fuck about too much. But that, go ahead. I just think it's like you're at this point where if you're an aware human being and you're living in this country, it's so hard to not take notice over the bullshit to the point where you, you're like a Chernobyl miner. Like mm -hmm. you can't bullshit. You can't do anything. You just have to be like, I don't have the time. There's a mm -hmm. fire that's going to burn down this house that I'm but in. How do, how do you feel about uh, people saying Pledge of Allegiance during the, uh, the football games there, Chrissy? I, how about this? I would fucking kill. I would kill to have a reporter just ask President Trump to say the Pledge of Allegiance. Can you say the Pledge of Allegiance? Can you say the Pledge of Allegiance? You can't. That's... So like, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't really give a fuck about Joe Biden. I don't really care about anyone. But I am seriously at this point. I don't care anymore. I fucking hate the man because he's brought us to this. It's like a 12 monkeys reality that we're mm -hmm. living in where you're about to be stu struck by a wildfire. I just got back from Montana. Nobody, nobody in Montana. And these are all I imagine mostly Trump supporters aren't wearing masks. They're denying science. Mm -hmm. And it's threatening our livelihood. It's threatening everyone's livelihood because they don't want to do the bare minimum. Wash your hands, put on a mask, and keep six feet from people. It should be the simplest yeah. thing in the world. And I hate to do this because we have this comedy podcast. <laughs> this, podcast this podcast is about, I mean, I think we're both melting down here, but like this podcast is about the worst of the worst. It's about the bad situations. We just happen to now be in the bad situation, you know? Um, I, I, that's interesting, you know, like people, people want to foist blame on whoever's mm -hmm. in office with yeah. any problem that goes on. You know, right. I lost my job as right. president. Right. It's certainly like, you can't blame wildfires on, you know, somebody who didn't necessarily start right. them. What you can look at is somebody who has done everything he can to dismantle environmental protections yes. so that, yeah. you know, the 12,000 lightning strikes that started yeah. a lot of this right. is, a, is not, it is a direct result of a lack of environmental mm -hmm. care by uh, the U.S. along with every yeah. country in the world. And I think um, what's, a, what's, a, what's interesting to me is that it's not just going to be California. You know, it's, it's, it, Right before I went out to Montana, there were fires in Montana. You know, they had fires there. They had to put it like, 
like the, some of those firefighters that are in California came from Montana and like Nebraska or wherever, and they've had floods. They've had, this has been a, an exceptional hurricane season. I mean, we defeated the, the, the last awful hurricane season we've, we're, we're winning, you know what I mean? In that regard, and in, in this, you know, this uh, post-apocalyptic world that we're living in. Um, but we will bring it back around to comedy at some point. Hey, hey, we talked hey, to we talked to <laughs> Anna Valenzuela, who is uh, so funny and so uh, knowledgeable. I think I was I was caught. I was very struck by her, like just these techniques she has to really rein in a rowdy crowd. You yeah. know, we should we should. She probably would have a way to to tame the the, the firestorm that's outside your door because she's. She's dealt with that in some red states and she's dealt with that in, you know, I guess Orange County, which is sort of like our red state out here. And and she's dealt with it. You know, she's talks about her internal struggles because she mm -hmm. she's had a rough uh, a physical year at yeah. times. And I, I had no I was so surprised by that because she is not one to let on. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when she was on stage or the shows we would be doing, it was just like happy, cool right. Anna that. Right. You gravitate towards because it's like the you know comics in the back of the room that are like you're all having fun like it's in class yeah like yeah you're not supposed to you're just She's, excited to see them yeah. and then it's like yeah it's like you're trying to be quiet in church or something you're like oh, yeah God, this is great you're you're and here me this and her so like ooh this yeah. is so you know we're, yeah. we're we're having a blast together and uh, it, it was surprising that uh, to know that I let everything affect me. <laughs> in every way and yeah i know else, like these firestorms gary why are you letting those <laughs> what the fuck it's like two miles away and i'm like i know, what I the know. Fuck? um I know. It, it's it's just so sad but uh yeah, uh, yeah anna uh she has uh, uh worked on roast battle she has mm -hmm. um worked for a number of drag queens uh-huh and she and she worked with some special needs folks she's mm -hmm. done all that stuff which i have a quick story gary i also worked for with special needs folks i know we're going a little long here but i'd like to throw this one in there Do it. i worked as a van driver for a place called uh uh what was the name of it uh, life focus center and right before i moved out to la i got this job and uh it was a great job and it was all kinds of people with like brain injuries and they, you know it was just a it was the gamut of like things that people might need a little assistance for and it was people in and out of wheelchairs and it was an adjustment to work at a place like that it was probably the best place I've ever worked it's the only place I've ever showed up at 8 a.m and everyone who I was like working with just wanted to give me a big hug like I would like pick them up at like you know it was like five or six in the morning and we'd get to this life focus center at like seven or whatever and before I left after I turned the van off and I was gonna like walk home because it was in my town they would all just be like Chris, and I and I had it seriously. It take me like twenty minutes sometimes to get out of there because everyone wanted to just show their appreciation. I think because I gave them the time of day, and I really enjoyed spending time with these folks. But one of the things that I did have a problem with was when I first started that job. No one, not that anyone should have to, but no one pointed out who my coworkers were, and some of the people with like the I don't know if special needs is the right thing to say, but like you know you don't say handicapped anymore, but like people who might have like someone with a brain injury, it's not immediately apparent that they have a brain injury. Like it might take a few minutes, you know, like there was a guy there who just looked really cool, like laid back, you know, but he was like, he was like, you know, someone who needed the assistance of the place, you know, and then I had mm -hmm. a coworker that I thought 
was one of our like you know the clients or one of the people who was there for like assistance but he was my coworker, and nobody ever told me that so like i would just i just thought he was like you know there for help and he was like a guy that i technically worked with hmm. so we were like one of the first days that i would was there we were playing monopoly and i was making his moves for him and like making his bank for him and he was just polite enough that he never corrected me I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, so you're going to need to do, oh, yeah, you go, you pass go, do you want to collect or, you know, and I'd be like giving him money and like doing, making the exchanges and doing everything. And then at the end of the day, he just, he left with me. Like he walked out and like, boop, boop, and he hit the, he hit the alarm on his car and he's like, I'll see you tomorrow, Chris. And I was like, I was just playing Monopoly for that guy. Like he was on the other side of the table and I was acting like he was just one of the kids who like is here for like safety or for like after school assistance mm-hmm. and he's my coworker. i'm a fucking jackass because like no one walked me around it was like yeah this is jeff he works here it was just like you know it's a good thing i because i talk about this in the app with uh anna it's a good thing i didn't help him out in the bathroom you know because we talk about <laughs> helping people when they go to the bathroom it's like what the fuck are you doing in here man i'm your coworker. <laughs> like trying to help him wipe his ass or whatever um anyway it's it was a very interesting episode we had a we had we ran the gamut on all kinds of subjects i actually learned a little in this one uh i thought it was great i'd love to have anna back sometime so i can learn some more uh check her out on all the things anna v is fun she also has a fantastic podcast 12 questions uh please welcome our guest today anna valenzuela by comedy Death by comedy. Yeah. Right. I'm, thank you for having me. I My general rule in comedy is if Gary invites you to do a thing, do the thing. That's my, that that's is my rule. Sound <laughs> advice. Sound. I don't, I can't say that it was always that way. Uh, <laughs> no, no. But no, I mean, that's why I'm here. Gary was like, we got to do this. Spill the tea. Spill the tea. When? When was that time? What was it like? What kind of shenanigans did he lead you into? Um, I I sold typewriters door to door. I did a lot of cut co work. (laughs) And I was Um, uh, I was selling typewriter ribbons. uh, And then we just it was inevitable. We came together. Clicked. Clicked. I love it. I love it. No, I was a weird. I started comedy very young and I was a weird kid and Chris was already like a, a part of a well-formed oiled comedy machine in Boston. So I think around the time I had hair, uh, <laughs> I think was a time that you would probably not want to be because near you, me. Because you started, like you, you didn't have hair and then you had hair for a brief period and now you don't have hair again. So yes. you're talking about the one time you had hair, which was like your 15th year. I mean, aside from the glorious facial hair, I mean, this beard, you're starting to look (laughs) like a wizard. (laughs) That's, I mean, I mean, I I think it works. I think it's, uh, it's got waves to it. Um, That's nice. You know, for the listeners at home, I look good. Sexy AF. Are you into beards, Anna? Are you a, a beard woman? I'm into um, men that don't make me do a lot of emotional labor, whether or not that is bearded. 
that's my type is somebody that sounds like every man to me anna every man makes women do emotional like they don't know how to get their shit together they need women to make help you know help them stop using hair gel uh how to like learn how to clean the fucking dishes on their own it's like i've had a conversation with my very dandy boyfriend who is also comedian and his like his whole oeuvre is that he is the most together human that ever existed but i've had to tell him yo you can't scratch your asshole with your bare hand and then switch to your dick and try to hop on this pussy that's that's how that's how vaginas get e coli and so yeah it It sounds to me like he needs like a a bespoke ass ass scratcher he he needs he needs a lot of things it's it's been it's been a lot of like (laughs) even though he's well put together see i mean that that there goes my my theory you know even the well put together men need feral feral animals when you get them yeah Yeah. like a raccoon (laughs) behind a dumpster you know you just I'm a full on uh, gender traitor, by the way. I'm like, I'm, I'm anti-man myself. Yeah, I, and, and I love, uh, I love men. I don't know why anymore, but I do. I've been in a relationship long enough to just go full, like, <laughs> if there was a choice, I'd be eating pussy right now on this camera. Right. I don't care. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have much choice. I mean, that's, that's exactly why I eat pussy. Uh, I've I can't, no matter how hard I try, I just can't. Gary's the only man I love. Aww. He's the only oh. relationship. My, my Gare Bear. Oh, you two would look uh, it's, so Sounds cute. like a, a very specific, like, porn genre. <laughs> All Gare Bears. Yeah. Gary's only. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're, um, they're bears, and they're named Gary. Yeah, we need to get into some, some I mean, I guess we're already going negative, but, uh, but I want to hear some, some stories from you, oh, Anna, yes. about uh, some like terrible shows, terrible jobs. You know, there's one question I don't think I've asked anyone really, maybe uh, maybe a few people here and there, but have you ever worked like a terrible job that wasn't related oh, to comedy? Yeah, I started comedy um, opposite of you gentlemen. I started comedy uh, at okay. the uh, very ripe age of 32. So most of Hollywood thought I was dead already. Okay. Um, they were like, why is this animated? Late bloomer, all right. <laughs> to be fair, I was like, <laughs> born kind of old like I was born if I look at pictures yeah. of me in the third grade and I look like the assistant manager of a B of A in those pictures like I was just sort of like <laughs> super like weirdly responsible like parenting my parents kind of a situation and um yeah and so when I started comedy I was 32 and I had been clean and sober for like 12 years and oh wow okay congratulations and i had but but you know you did it backwards. i know i know you're supposed to hit rock bottom in stand-up comedy and then your comeback story <laughs> i think i think you probably had your bottom after you started stand-up but you were Listen, already if clean. i don't get a if i don't get a manager in the next five years i might have to relapse on principle you know what i mean like um <laughs> but it's it's crazy it's it's a it's a crazy thing and then but and and again i've been like you can see i have gray hair i've had gray hair since i was it looks great by you, the grombre, way sexy. you're really rocking yeah it looks, it thank looks you i um I've been, again, old since I was like 20. Like I started going gray right around <laughs> when Gary started to lose his hair. So, um, so yeah. it's yeah, 16. 16. Yeah, basically. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so I had a lot of job ass motherfucking jobs. I had jobs <laughs> and I can walk into a comedy club 
and I can look around okay. the room and know who's punched a time card and who never has. I just yeah. know. I'm just like, wow. mm, that's right. You you think? Yeah. Oh, you you don't you don't think this is a gift? Okay, cool, 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 cool. Right. Um, right. But I. Uh, I guess. Well, I have a couple of questions branching off of that. Do you do better generally with those types of crowds, or is it does it not matter? I mean, I'm sure it doesn't um, matter. You're very the, funny. Thank you. Not the. But do you feel more comfortable in front of crowds like blue collar? I do. Kind of I do actually. Or, I I feel yeah. very comfortable in front Likewise. of blue collar crowds, mostly because my introduction to comedy was through my mom. She used to buy CDs of everything, everything okay. from like awesome. um the, like jeff foxworthy was one of her favorites and like okay. deep yeah, yeah, yeah. deep cut older carlin and new carlin where he was like oh, wow. so like all the different all the different genres she was really all over the place and um i do enjoy i enjoy a middle of california crowd i enjoy a red yeah. state I, I love it when a guy in okay. a MAGA hat wow. walks up That's to great. me and says, um, you know, I don't agree with you, but I think you're funny. And I'm like, try, try <laughs> to remember that when you vote. Um, just yeah. imagine me in a cage with all my clothes on. And um, so, so... Yeah, that's a good feeling for yeah. like a minute until you're like. Yeah, but mostly guy. when I when I made that comment, <laughs> it was more along the lines of I can tell which comedians and bookers have never had real jobs. I can I can honestly right, look at them right. and be like and clock them immediately and just be like, oh yeah, you don't yeah. you don't know how money works. Um, because right, you're full yeah, because yeah. I uh, there are I should say they're full of shit. They're you know they're you can tell that they're like it's really funny to me when you get an email like when you do a show or you agree to do a show and then. This is actually something we haven't talked about on this podcast, which is about doing like hell gigs and stuff like that. My greatest nightmare is getting more than one email from someone who booked you on a show. Yeah. You know, where it's like, hey guys, and it's like this huge long thing. There are like those bullet point stars with the fucking bold. And then you get another one and it's like, be to the venue a half an hour early. And, and it's like 50 things. And then you get like an Instagram, you get a fucking, I mean, meaning like a DM. You get like they're communicating with you over like multiple platforms and you're like, I just agreed to do that. I'm going to be there. I'll show up. I'll do my time. I know how it works. I'm a middle, you know, I'm going to middle act yeah. or whatever, or I'll host or whatever I agreed to do. Just shut your mouth and just fucking let me perform. You know, it drives me crazy. And those people, it's like, they don't really know how anything. Yeah. Works. Yeah. And that no comedian, because I mean, like I've worked at drug and alcohol treatment centers where I've been like, I okay. vomited on, punched, tackled. Uh, oh, I've had, um, I've worked at, uh, I did that for about 10 years. I worked with autistic people uh, in life living okay. situations where I've seen, yeah, yeah, wow. I've seen a lot. Of, let me tell you, I've seen a lot of weird. I've seen a lot of vomit. I've seen a lot of spoiled <laughs> yeah. food and weird yeah. shit. I once pulled a, a, a turd out of a suitcase while I was searching it. I've seen, <laughs> I've seen the things. Was that like going through TSA no, or what? No, no, no. It would be very funny if I was. You're a like, TSA I'm sorry, region. I just have, I have this TSA turd. Asian energy. I feel. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get that. Yeah. I get um, that. No, I. Will you step over here, Miss? Step over here. Step well, to the side. Well, what happened was, is I I opened the suitcase. I was helping a client pack to go home for the weekend, and the suitcase weighed okay. a metric ton just a metric ton that's a lot of that's a yeah lot and of i was like why is it and i opened it and it was wet and i remember Ooh. the conversation that morning my boss 
because, and this gets to your point, there's so many emails yeah. in the work world that yeah. should just be a post-it or perhaps, right. a, you know, or there's meetings, God forbid, there's meetings that should have just been emails. Yeah. There's Ugh. a lot of, and my, my worst email, the email that makes me throughout, because I have really significant ADHD. So if you send me an email where everything is bold, highlighted, um, in italics, and underlined with a fucking, <laughs> you know, with like 85 colors, I can't visually take into that information. I have to have it odd. I have yeah, to have someone yeah. read it to me or I have no idea what I'm looking at. Yeah. I just, I, wow. I can look at it and I can read it physically, but the information will not live in my brain. There's absolutely too much stimulus. Right. And so, right. so yeah. like, it's like you're reading a rough Russian novel or something and there's like 15 <laughs> nicknames yes! per character and you're like, I just read this page five times. I don't know what's going on. Nikolich, I've been trying to read this anti-copy of World's End for like a fucking month and I, oh, can't nice. get, I can't get more than 10 pages in. I'm like, listen, there are no spaceships. There are no dragons, and the, every character has seventy-five <laughs> names, and I can't. Um, yeah. But yeah, right. so I. Um, it, I, I'm trying to. I mean, the way it looks. I've never read. Uh, I've never read that I, that particular Upton Sinclair, but it's a beautiful. It's gorgeous. Book. I I I made mention. Yeah. I I would like to. It's it's funny. I have a weird connection with my uh, my boyfriend's uh, grandfather has dementia. And uh -huh. I have ADD, so oh. together we're just always in the moment. We're like BFFs at I the see. dinner table. Yeah, yeah, which is exactly what you were, <laughs> yeah, you were, we're talking having, about, not being Exactly, able to we're email. having the most fun, and everybody else is all stressed out by wow. his decline, and I'm just like, hey, Sanford, what you doing, bud? And like, I'm obsessed. Anyway, so I'm trying to read the book. Be I imagine it's a lot of, uh, I imagine it's a lot of yes It is, and. it is like an improv game uh, for sure. Right? It's but. You just kind of keep the ball up in the air and you just like, as long as you're engaged, I, I think, yes. I mean, and I'm not bullshitting, totally. I'm not making any jokes. I'm saying dementia terrifies me. So from what I've learned about it, as long as you keep it positive and you're, yeah. I imagine like someone like you, I, I can imagine you being great with someone with uh, like your boyfriend. His grandfather. His grandfather yeah. Or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. And he, so that, that he I can, can remember that. this entire story. So I want to talk to him about the book. So wow. anyway. Side note, we digress. Oh. So I'm digging through this yeah, suitcase, yeah, yeah. right? And I'm like, and I remember my boss sending me one of those emails with like a thousand different colors and shapes and sizes saying yeah. we're out of what we now know is PPE. We're out of gloves. Okay. Okay. So I'm sifting yeah. through. So be careful. We're going to get them in the afternoon, but we don't have gloves. And so right. I'm sifting through this suitcase, raw dogging every piece of clothes in there. <laughs> <laughs> and I pull out a fully formed human turd, like, well, I'm, like I, a, did I, it break? I, I, I don't know what to say. I hope that wasn't in the email. You know, like, uh, I would have <laughs> missed it, even the if best it were. Is that in order when you encounter something like that, a serious hygiene issue, especially when dealing with people with disabilities, yeah. there's this thing called the regional center that creates funding for programs like this. And so I had to not only write an email. I had to write a government document and I had to write something wow. in a system that was, I kid you not written by the Kremlin just to make social service people angry. Like it's just, <laughs> it's like the most draconian, yeah. insane, like a uh, documentation <laughs> program. I can't right. remember what it's called, but I just remember screaming at it all the time. And I had to write these extensive notes about pulling a turd out of a suitcase. So I say all that to say. Oh my God. I, I mean, 
I imagine you used a handy wipe before. I, that. I my first thought um. was, I think I'm going to have to cut my hand off. That was the first thought. Yeah. Because I was like, well, I don't need this <laughs> arm anymore. That's it. I guess whole arm. Well, how long did you? How long did you work in that uh, line of like? How long did you do God, that? Line I of did work? that for. Because there is a high turnover rate because there's a lot of burnout and then they... Yes, because I've done oh. that myself. I've worked with special needs people. I drove a van, but... Oh, you did the as fun As you know, part. when you work in those... <laughs> well, well, it was it was fun. Yeah. I enjoyed it. Uh, it was, you know, early mornings, of course, but when you when you work a job like that, it's not like the van driver doesn't just go home, at least where I worked. You come in, you, you know, you help organized sometimes you're like a lifeguard yeah. at the pool you know what i mean it's like oh can you stick around can you do because there's they're always yeah. short staffed and you know people are taking time off and you realize it's like oh yeah everyone is just sort of you know we're all part of this island you know i'm I, just because i run the ferry doesn't mean i'm not going to make exactly dogs. exactly um, but uh i for, for me it was uh i remember coming in one day after you know i would i used to you know my my guys my my girls my my people I would pull up the van and then I would come inside and um, I remember somebody going, Hey, uh, Walsh, can you help? Um, I, I forget the guy's name, but it was like, can you help Jimmy uh, with the bathroom? And I was like, Oh, uh, that was like my introduction was like, Oh, I'm going to have to take some of these guys yep. to the restroom. Mm -hmm. sometimes. You know, and that's like, I mean, that's like, you know, one guy trying to wrangle a fire hose and there's like a five alarm fire, you know, it's like, Oh, I got to, yeah, can you get this? And then it's like, and and like I'm like, am I gonna am I gonna have to hold his? Like, what do I do? Uh, and I was like, I don't know. Like I feel like I'm gonna have to wipe yeah. some ass. Like I, I feel like I this scenario is something that like it's a hands on. I mean, he wasn't shitting in a suitcase. I mean, there was a bathroom, but it was definitely like I had to like you know how when you're first asked to do something like that, like it dawns yeah. on you and you're kind of in the mix. Mm -hmm. You know, you're like, oh, I'm in the bathroom with somebody and it's not so much that I'm just going to like supervise. It's like, I got to get the belt. I got to pull the mm -hmm. pants down. I got to help him up on the thing. And then it's like, you know, he's falling off the toilet. I got to help him back up. You know, it's mm -hmm. like a whole thing. Um, so I'm, I'm anyway, I, your guy had good aim. You went right into the. Uh, <laughs> well, what happened was, is it wasn't <laughs> into the suitcase. You would think it was because again, the turd was fully formed. This man was very dehydrated, clearly. Um, it, okay. uh, he was playing um, his Nintendo DS, which is why I don't play video games anymore. Okay. And he was so obsessed with right. his DS oh, that oh, he wouldn't get God. up to go to the bathroom. He knew he had to take a shit, oh, but he just couldn't okay. compartmentalize. Like, now I save point and go shit. So right. this was this right. was the first indication of a long running poop problem uh, that this person okay. had. But you're right; you deal with a lot of bodily fluids, and you you're in an intimate right. situation with people. And the only way you can react is yes. with empathy. And that's why when I tell that story on stage, I tell it as somebody in a drug rehab because there's a little less empathy there, right. even though still people are like, yeah, "We yeah, arrested yeah. you," and it's like, "Yeah, no," um, yes. but I. <laughs> Well, you know, it's a, it's, it's a bit like death in that way. Like, like people who have recently lost a loved one are just want to talk about it to get mm -hmm. it out of their system. And they realize it's just a part of life, you know, like, cause I went through this recently and then, but the crowd is like death. What yeah. the fuck? You know, what are you doing to us? You know? And you're like, well, we're all, we all experience it yeah. at some point or another, like special needs, any kind of special needs is a similar thing. When you work with people like that, you see that there's, there's no totally. pretense. You can't have any pretense. Yeah. And you're, as long as your, your intentions are good, 
meaning like later on telling the story and you're not using like the R yeah. word or something like that. And you're just like, well, this happened. People get all their, their assholes get tight. You know, you're like, you can't tell a story that's like, yeah. oh, so this You happened. know what I've always wanted that, to tell is I have a gluten intolerance. And I was, first off, they used to roast me yeah. all the time. The kids used to, if I lost my keys, they'd be like, Anna's having an ADD moment. <laughs> they loved it. <laughs> and uh, and yeah. uh, one time I was teaching a kid how to cook. And he made this beautiful pie. And he was like, will uh -huh. you try it? And I was like, I can't. I'm allergic to wheat and he said oh yeah i forgot yeah. anna's a glutard and 20 people laughed <laughs> and i had and i was like okay listen merit you're not allowed to say glutard uh because it involves yeah. like a slang and he looked me dead in the eye and went yeah. no that's our word <laughs> wow whoa that's awesome and i was like that take it back <laughs> Take it back. I <laughs> two two things I have to say is uh, I used to sell motorcycles. Anna and I have always like I feel like every time I bumped into you, you had a weird job yes. and I had a weird job. And I was selling um, uh, motorcycles. I used Ducati. Okay, brag, brag, uh, Gary. <laughs> in Englewood. Um, All right. And uh, the the name of the it's Italian. Uh, but it's called a, a moto tard and oh, that's the name just, of the, the bike the, the motorcycle okay. and uh like they just don't know that that doesn't translate nicely in uh -huh. english yes. and so i would i'd have to like write up and and sell and like really because we need to get rid of it it was like yeah. you do you want the the moto tard <laughs> like, what? the what moto tard and i i try to like to mumble it it wasn't weird <laughs> but you you said something interesting anna and i think this is a, a an interesting story i don't i think it was probably after we had met and and kind of bumped into each other plenty of places but i remember a, a very significant moment in our friendship uh bonding over a gig in fullerton in orange county um wow and, anyone will and bond just over like you fullerton. said oh what a what an interesting um <laughs> yes, that's one of my uh, friends People it's, also call North Korea interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. How does it, their news work? Is. What does their food taste yeah. like? <laughs> I hear they have whole brand new buildings with nobody in them. <laughs> Much like Fullerton. And we, we went in with the we best did. of intentions, like a yeah. comedy mm -hmm. show does. It was a Sunday night. Uh, per, I think the scene, just to set the stage for, for what had happened, me and you are the only real comedians oh. on the bill i believe you're very kind and, and we are the the only ones that have jobs mm. and we're the only ones seeing what's about <laughs> to happen which is yeah the stanley cup will be interrupted by a and orange show. county oh, loves hockey for reasons <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're outside like let's uh bat, batten down the hatches let's get batten. this ready <gasps> limber and, up uh, and do you remember, I remember you, you went up, uh, do you remember that the, the whole environment was kind of wild? Yeah. What's the There's, place look like? Like, what's it like? Is it a traditional comedy club? Give our, give our listeners a little it, visual. It what, is. What are they looking at? A no, this so is a nice bar ass bar gig in Orange County in okay. a strip mall. High tops. High top tables. Okay. High top weird bench tables where like everybody has okay. to like there's everyone's in big groups so it potentially has a stage 
it potentially could have been a beautiful venue because right. everybody, even though a high top table is never great, but yeah, dangling legs no, aren't good for comedy. No, too cold, too dangly, too hot, yeah. too smelly. <laughs> You're like uncomfortable, like your knees yeah. hurt. Yeah. Everyone's seated way far back. Our stage is next to the door. So every time someone comes in or out, uh, yes. uh, the door opens and it's super dark. Right. It was and like, these places like tend to be almost like yes. a warehouse. Yes, high ceilings. <laughs> and you also have a Echo-y. pool table for which the balls have not been removed. <laughs> and oh, no. a, um, let me remember. Oh, TV's still on. And yeah, all of them, like 10, 10 TVs, 10 TVs. Okay. and volumes, wow. volumes up. up. And there's like, um, I think it was Buck Hunter plugged in. I feel like I, oh, I, oh, can, yeah. tell, I, I can spend an entire hour talking about all the times Buck Hunter has interrupted a comedy show at a bar. <laughs> Buck Hunter yeah. is the most trolly also, video game. Also, coincidentally, there was a Buck Hunter in the place where that guy from the Red State was like, you're pretty funny, even though I don't agree yeah, with you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> pretty sure there was a block counter there. It was, yes. We looked at each other. We knew. I think I had just gone to Daiso, and I was like, anybody want some snacks from Daiso and, like, some weird Korean <laughs> food I bought? Because I was just, like, I knew what I was getting into. If I was going to go to Orange County, I was going to do a little shopping. <laughs> I was just yeah. like, make yeah. it work. Yeah. <laughs> and um, right. I hope we're talking about the same gig, right? Yeah, we're talking about the same way. I think yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. If you're talking about Orange County, they're all pretty close well, to the I same. I came gig. up there, so I know these gigs. Like I know these gigs. Oh, okay. I know most of the comics. Um, some of them started mm-hmm. after me, like the Booker, but they were yeah. I know this environment. This is probably why yeah. like when I tour with my dude, he came up in clubs and I came up in this chaos. And so when we're at a right, show right, that's chaotic, right. I'm like a fucking power up like a Pokemon, man. I go fucking I go yeah, super yeah, saiyan, yeah. and my dude's like, ugh. You're at home yes. on those. Yeah. 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 He's like, I don't know. <laughs> I, it's and interesting. Sh- that, that veteran move you showed, because nobody uh, was comfortable, and nobody was confident. Nobody yeah. had, like, they were just like, I don't know, what else? Like, with respect to the comics before us, it just seemed like they hadn't been in a chaos tornado right like that's not all of orange county that's the part that blew my mind i was like where are you Mm -hmm. doing mics are you always in la yeah no this is the thunderdome down here anyway sorry yeah you kind of want those you want those shows to toughen you up you know like sounds to me like you handled it deftly and not people can't do that but i guess my question to you is how do you flip it are you going into the crowd are you just stick in the material or you just kind of put your head down and do like a, you know what I mean? Like, a, are you like just stunting on these people with your material? Oh, or are you, I mean, are you kind of slowing it down and interacting? I, with okay. So it's, it's a delicate act. And I feel like Gary and I have a very, a very similar approach. And by the way, Gary, you're being very complimentary. I had an okay set. I did what I could to rile that room for you. I remember looking at you and being like, <laughs> yeah, I got this. We're going to, we're going to make this yeah, a yeah. show because I think you went after me yeah. and you crushed. Yeah, I did. Crushed. That's awesome. Um, I was heckled. So it was yeah, like easy. Okay, so there was a really drunk woman and here I'm going to break down just sort of the different environmental factors and like how I, cause I think of it systematically. Cause I also came up in roast battle right. and that's also chaos. Yeah. Um, 
So Mm -hmm. it's sort of like, okay, so you're competing with the TVs. Um, They left them on during the, I I guess I missed that part. I think you guys did say that, but they left them on while you were performing? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they're going to miss the game. And so. That's something. Not not only only that, the game did end during the show and they put on the weather channel. Which is a real, that's I remember a real that. fuck you, uh, <laughs> to both the crowd and the comics. Because then it's like, oh, I'm yeah. Yeah. not doing better than the Weather Channel? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but my, so usually, depending on the rowdiness of the crowd, I don't discourage hecklers. It, well, it's hard to explain. Mm-hmm. Because I'm a roast comic, they tend to be a bit afraid of me to begin with. So... Yeah. And it's not, I don't go up and just be like, yeah, look at your ass. Like, I don't do that. I go up with my, I go up <laughs> with my material, you know what I mean? And like, yeah, like yeah, yeah. it is a, a bit I aggressive do. and <laughs> on its face. And, and mm-hmm. um, I l- like, so if someone heckles, I will stop. I got this from watching a set Pete Holmes did. There was this really drunk person in American Comedy Club. Okay. They were so drunk and they kept heckling. Yeah. And then finally they stood up. And then just fell down. And the way he handled it <laughs> was because San Diego is the drunkest city in the world. Uh, the way they handled it, the way he handled it was like, this is your show too. So what do you have to say? Yeah. Let me welcome you in. You yeah. want the spotlight? Come on, baby. Right. Come on. And mm-hmm. so provided yeah. that you're not derailing the show in a way that hurts the rest of the comedians on the lineup. So I, in Arizona, I had a woman yell, make America great again at me because I mentioned Medicare and, um, and the room uh, turned into a race riot. And I finally was like, ma'am, I literally was just like hands up like this. And I said, I said, listen guys, because there are a lot of Latinos in the room. I was like, don't beat up Tommy Lahren's mom. And because <laughs> white women are the most, this, this state's most valuable resource. I was like, seriously, you got to promise me tremendous. not to beat this woman up in the parking lot. Thank you so much for the guest spot. Good night. And that was literally what I did. But so there's a few ways I handle it. Um, so I will play with the person, but if they are mm-hmm. drunk past the point of no return, there's a belligerent. belligerent. There's a few yes. things I will do. Um, I will encroach on their personal space. So I will enter the audience. Really? And I will get as close wow. to them as I can. And are you bringing the mic yes. with you? You're going right up to them yes. with the microphone. Yeah. Yes. And I this is, by the yeah. way, uh, a tactic developed working in drug and alcohol treatment centers. Um, because yeah. oftentimes, if you just approach somebody there most people are not confrontational some are some aren't most of the places i perform many are but in that Mm -hmm. situation they are in a social power imbalance because i'm a woman but i'm aggressive and i'm getting near you and i'm not getting near you to be like fuck off i'm literally just doing my jokes as close to you as possible and then when you acknowledge it i'll turn and say oh so you are paying attention (laughs) oh guys ladies and gentlemen the person distracting the entire room has arrived and then the the crowd kind of kind of gets to them but i like to be i like a helium club because they're so you're so close to the crowd i want to smell their breath Mm -hmm. i want to be as close to those people as possible (laughs) and so 
even in, in this situation, what I did was, and okay, so TVs, that's another thing. You have to, I become more animated. Um, a bar situation like that, I'm not going to do my highbrow jokes about how politics is fucked up. Not that I have a lot of political jokes, but I'm, yeah. I'm not going to do a bunch of jokes about, I'm, I'm going to do what I call my silly road hack set as much as I can. Right, right. New, nuance, nuance. Yeah, and I have so little of it anyway that it's, it's so disappointing when it falls flat. I can't <laughs> lose confidence in any of my nuance. Uh, and so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so right. I'm going to protect the material yeah. and open on, a bit, on bits that mm-hmm. are just dumb for the sake of dumb. A lot of dick mm-hmm. jokes, a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. I'm going to rally the crowd to say to acknowledge the people who are paying attention and, and reward them. Mm-hmm. And um, last ditch effort, I will roast. And even before that, I will, um, I will become a third grade teacher who's just fucking had it. That's like another thing is occasionally <laughs> I will just be like, I will be like, man. So you hand out Oreos? You know, I, I give them animal crackers <laughs> and tell them to shut the fuck up. I literally say, ma'am, other people bought, they had to pay for a babysitter. So I, I hate that. Mm-hmm. I hate that my next two jokes are going to fall flat because I had to stop the momentum of the fun we're having and say, yeah. And yes. say and and to just let you know that like you're being crazy, and that's heckling. I think a lot of times LA comics who don't work the road confuse enjoyment for heckling. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone's I, like, "I love it," and they're like, "Fuck you!" Yes, mama. <laughs> like, uh, you work gay rooms, work black rooms, work Latino rooms, work um, yeah. work every room you can, so you understand the way everyone enjoys comedy because like in a black room they like your joke they're going to repeat your punchline and to yes it's it's called back channel response and in certain cultures they they do communicate that that enjoyment differently and i the the interesting thing you just mentioned which about approaching the heckling and and how the whole room can rally Mm -hmm. around you they're already on your side and stuff I think after that gig that we did, um, uh, I, I sort of did a similar version yeah. of what you're saying. We both did the same. I climbed on um, a stool, and then you did you did your motivational speaker thing. <laughs> I just I made them play the Chicago Bulls entrance theme, and then I proselytized like I was a Kennedy on the <laughs> stump. Um, that I said we will do a show we will do a show despite everyone hating the show <laughs> i just I, everyone I just, here wants to watch the weather and i make fun yeah. of the room and all that shit but i i did something i was like it, it was a fucking miracle moment of why am i fighting yeah. so hard but it was uh long beach <laughs> uh, uh it was uh, a really cool bar most people enjoying it and then about uh, three or four people like standing at the bar. What was the bar? Because I, I lived in Long Beach when I started. It, okay. Gallagher's. Yeah. Gallagher's oh, in Long Beach. Good for you. So they, I prefer they were having... Gallagher twos. Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> um, I hate. Uh, tell, tell us your Gallagher story next, Chris. But, that one uh, he, that's fantastic. Too long. Uh, yeah, too but long. The, the, the three people 
And I was like on the stage, I'd already built momentum. I already had the crowd. Everybody was with me except three people who were just, you know, in defiance of the show, mm-hmm. just drinking at the bar. It was, uh, I think two women, two guys, they're all drinking and being loud. And there's no way they don't know there's a show. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody else is yeah. at the show. It's not, it's, it's one of those things that a restaurant, it's free. So you always get so a mixed the, bag. There's a so poster I just above like, the urinal for which they've seen twice. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Of course. It's, it, and I'm, I'm into a, a projected microphone and most of the room is quiet except <laughs> me. And I'm not, and I watched every comic kind of uh, uh, struggle with them coming in and out, in and out. And they came in during my set because uh, they kept going for smoke breaks. And I just paused everything. I just called a time. I go, I'm going to call a timeout. And I, <laughs> I said, this will not be counted against my time. And I said, hey, um, uh, excuse me, folks. And uh, I said, would you guys, because they were ignoring me. And then they yeah. were ignoring me when I'm talking at them with the microphone. Mm. Were they and facing I got, away from you? They had their mm-hmm. backs They were to facing me. towards yeah. the bar. That's yeah. my least yep. favorite. Yeah. yeah. 10 feet or so, but I do what you did. I moved a little bit closer and I said, uh, uh, can somebody get their attention? And the bartender was like, he points over. <laughs> they, they look at me and they're just staring like, what do you want? And I was like, hey, um, uh, I don't know if you guys noticed, there is a comedy show. Um, <laughs> and uh, Hi, maybe I'm no- the comedian. Hi. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, I'm Gary. Uh, I'm going to be up here for uh, probably another 20-ish minutes. Um, we would love if you would uh, watch the show with us because uh, this is, this is going to be really fun. And every and I said, wouldn't we want them to watch the show with us? And they all everybody clapped to welcome yeah. them. And uh, I'll never forget this. They all um, looked at the bartender, grabbed their drinks, and walked out. Awesome. And it was, <laughs> the four people left, and I was like, "Oh, this is great. Nobody's awesome. feelings got hurt. I was nice. I invited them. Yeah. I was you know we welcomed them, and they were just like, Ugh. and." It was just one of those insane yeah. things. I mean, growing um, up in Orange County. You, that's incredible. You, I just want to, I just want to um, do a little station identification. If you uh, are just joining us, this is Masterclass with uh, Anna Valenzuela, Gary Peterson, and Chris Walsh. Uh, we're talking about stage technique uh, and how to keep the audience on your side while getting hecklers to completely leave the room. Thank you for joining us. Uh, you guys should just continue because I'm learning oh, a lot here. stop it. I wish I could... I wish I'm serious. I wish I could get into this is like 400 level fucking class right now. Um, I wish that, that we could get in front of crowds again so that I could try out some of your techniques. I, this is incredible. I would do that naturally. What you guys did a lot of times because I, I mean, um, I, I would perform with my brother and we would do a thing that was closer to like a Dean Martin and mm. Jerry Lewis. And he would start out on stage trying to tell jokes and I would just come from the back of the room. You would just hear like a booming voice and be like, you're full of shit. And then it would be me. You know, like I would come up from the back and people are like, there's two of them? You know, like where's this fucking guy coming from? And then I'd be out in the crowd and I wouldn't have a mic and I'd just be like in people's That's faces. That's what t- Todd doing Glass like- and Pepitone do when they're on shows Yeah, together. yeah, pretty much. I mean, Wait. yes, that was... <laughs> Those guys, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a fan. I've seen what they do. You know, and, and for that matter, the late, great Brody yes. Stevens would do it. Mm-hmm. Where he'd get off the mic and he would kind of like pace the room mm-hmm. and be like, 
you know, arms crossed, negative. angry. Arms crossed, you know? negative. Yeah. Eight one eight till I die. And it's so great. It's like it's really interesting, though. I think for you know, I don't know if we have any young, younger, like newer comic listeners, but that is a good. You know, it's like um, there are some comics who will lower their voice when a crowd is not mm. paying attention, so that get them draw them in a little bit. That's like a great old technique, but. But actually using the mic and getting out in people's faces when we get back to it, that's a, I think that's yeah. valuable. You know, because I used to get angry. Like when someone would talk and I was a solo comic and I didn't know any better, I'd be so wounded. I'd be like, who the fuck do you think you are? And I'm trying to be like, generally I'm, I have a nice disposition, but once you yell at them, once you swear at them, once you're screaming, it's hard yeah. to come back down to, uh, so I live in a, uh, Fort made out of couch cushions <laughs> in my parents' basement or whatever. You know, it's like you come back to the sort of nerdy whatever mm -hmm. persona and you're not an angry person. Or, you know, I, I, the, the vast majority of comics haven't done a roast battle and don't know how to handle themselves in that situation. So doing yeah. that sort of yeah. becoming that roast person and then coming back down to, like, just your average workaday jokes, it doesn't Well, and work. sometimes... And I think a lot of people go with Yeah, I mean, I've failed a thousand times at this. I've, you yeah. know, um, I definitely have failed. I've lost, I was doing a show in Santa Monica at this like art space and it was packed and it was hot mm -hmm. and everybody was stoned because they were able to smoke pot inside. Bad, bad scene, right? And right. the person right. who opened the show was... Especially if you're clean and sober. Yeah, yeah. There's also a, like, a... Which I don't mind a stoner crowd. You know what I mean? Just laugh yeah. on the outside of your body, yeah, please. And, um, and there's a... Uh, it opened with a beat poetry segment from a little person. Okay. Um, mm. While an artistic slideshow played behind <laughs> him. And... Oh. Um, trippy man yeah <laughs> was it funny was it funny for the right reasons no. uh <laughs> probably not. i'm gonna go ahead and say no i'm gonna guess no. yeah. it was funny for oh, all the wrong God. reasons and um the person who went up before me had a great set um sean um black guy sean uh damn it anyway my brain um but he went up before me crushed killed it and i go up and i think i'm gonna mm -hmm. wow these kiddos right and something about yeah. my face, I saw this face <laughs> and my substitute teacher energy. And they were like, uh-huh. No. And I uh. started to eat actual shit really quickly. And I have this, I have this bit <laughs> where I talk about having my period for a year. And a girl oh, wow. said, a little tiny girl little tiny girl looks like everybody I've ever piss tested in a rehab might have been someone I have piss tested in a rehab and she <laughs> looked at me dead in the eye or no she turned to her friend and said that's not that long as loud as I just said it and she's in the front row and I was like really and the crowd <laughs> would not rally behind me they were complete agreement with these girls that a period for a solid year was normal. Meanwhile, I'm still having that period. And I'm like, ah! and I just lost. It was that one moment where I just lost my fucking shit. And I was just like, I mm. drove 
45 fucking miles to come down here. Or no, mm-hmm. I drove 40 minutes, 40 minutes, because it was Santa Monica. I was like, I drove 40 yeah. minutes to beat this yeah. fucking venue. And you're coming up here. Mm. And you're not just ruining the show for everyone right now. You're directly pissing me off. And I don't give a fuck. <laughs> I was like, look at you. And I, no one's laughing. I'm just reading this teenager to filth. And then yeah. I left and it was as <laughs> awkward. I mean, everyone's buttholes were, I mean, as tight as humanly possible yeah. when I walked out of that room and I stayed for one set <laughs> and I looked at, and it, there was a bunch of people I respected in the room. I was like, Hey, I respect you. Mm-hmm. Uh, fucking taking an L tonight. I'm going to go home. And I remember <laughs> calling my dude and he's trying to pep talk me through it. I'm like, I don't have this kind of energy right now for your pep talk. I'm going to get off the fucking phone. I hung up on him. I was so mad. I was so mad. So you had that one year period I did. energy. I did. When you are running out of blood literally in your body through your vagina, you don't have any time for any bullshit on stage. That's but, brutal. I mean, I think maybe the, Tell me about it. the wildest time of using the encroaching the audience technique. I think the reason yeah. why the encroaching the audience technique didn't work that night is um, I looked like I was going to hit that girl. And oh, yeah. they see yeah. me as the one in control. So how did I lose control? Mm. Especially yeah. when they were in control before I set up foot on stage. Sometimes, and I'm not saying right. it's okay to blame the audience. Sometimes I watch Bill Burr bomb at a show at the Largo for 20 minutes. Sometimes people don't just don't like your face. That's it. And, yeah. and yeah. Um, I, I was, I, I think one time it did work. I was in, have you ever done um, the Just the Tips run up in Fresno? Uh, I have not. I've been up there for some shows. Um, it that it sounds like a made up thing. <laughs> it feels made up. Why is comedy is first quick aside? Comedy's fucking ridiculous. <laughs> it is. It's always, That's why we're here, we've, Gary. We've got the diarrhea weekend radio jam. Like. <laughs> Uh, all right yeah it's, it's 50 bucks plus gas right. okay yeah yeah uh, it's always and then i'm gonna get there and you're gonna cheese me on the on yeah. the gas money yeah like can, do you really i mean me to order you, from the both of you came the same check, you fucking dick uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i have not done those fresno i've had a good time in um uh but it's it's certainly hard I, well the, um, a leaf blower has entered my realm. One of That's my, okay. I, I will, I will yak until the leaf blower is done. I promise. I, um, yeah. One of the, uh, the, well, the first time I, inc- I, I wandered into the audience effectively was I was doing a set in Tulare, which is just outside of um, Fresno. Which to describe it, when you, oh, when you get out of your car, your first thought is it smells like cow shit because there's a bunch of cattle ranches yes. there and manure mm-hmm. uh, manure factories, basically, where they pack it and process it. Mm-hmm. And um, I was featuring for Keith Carey and I had a 20-minute set and everybody went up before me was like, was doing like, I, the joke that I want to, I, it makes me want to rip people's faces off mm-hmm. is the like okay the hack premise of cocaine 
as a punchline mm-hmm. or cocaine yeah. as a premise mm-hmm. of like, yeah, because I'm I'm no, comedy no. sober, which means I don't do cocaine. I'm like, get the fuck out of here with that. Mm-hmm. I hate it. So there's a lot of that shit. And uh, and when clearly, I mean, Tulare's a meth town. And uh, come on, read the room. And um, yeah, yeah. And I go up and I'm, best jokes I'm are doing fine. my the best the best jokes that I have. I think I was like two, three years in. I'm doing the best jokes that I had at the time. And I get about 15 minutes through the set, and I look down. I'm about to go into my closer, and everybody was seated behind the eye line of the lights. It was very bright, and then there was all these chairs Mm -hmm. empty chairs and then a group of people where you can't see them like an interrogation you know and i Mm -hmm. i just said how but i looked down and there's a huge screen on the on the stage that counts down your time (laughs) oh wow and i go it's been 15 (laughs) minutes of me struggling my fucking ass off up here i'm not gonna bomb for the last five how long does this mic cord go and i pull the mic cord wow and i walk into the audience and i take my fist and i hit the t- the loudest table i hit the table taking it <laughs> and, to the people and i said i'm wow. gonna do this closer and you're gonna fucking laugh <laughs> and they did <laughs> you channeled the rise fuck you and and what happened later on is I started to get booked for more and more shows up there because it was like, do you remember that time that crazy girl from LA came out in the audience and punched a table and then made everyone like killed for five minutes after bombing for 15. That's and, great. And huh. so I was up there, God, it was pre pandemic and it's a tips show. So I made like, you can make a couple hundred bucks doing those tips shows up there. And People just tip you at the end, like when you're yeah. do- like they they're like I like that one comic, I want to tip yeah, them. Yeah, well, they or... give it to the host, and then the host like, get, you know, gives you your cut. That's and wild. The... I don't think I've yeah, ever heard. Yeah, I mean, there's God. There was one show I did up there where I made like Chris. You leave it you to never... Fresno. Yeah, I'm moving. Yeah, you can, you can <laughs> I'm moving those... to Fresno. I'm pretty sure they're doing comedy it's right now. Because <laughs> sometimes you there's nobody in the crowd, but if there is somebody yeah, in the crowd, yeah. they'll mm-hmm. make sure. And there's at least a base pay. They they offer comics from LA. Yeah. I think like eighty bucks to go up there, and um, that's amazing. And good for you. You sound like you made. I a had a good time. time, and uh, I was doing mm-hmm. the show. I have a video of it, and this kid is in the front row with these two Latinas, little white kid, and he's drunk, drunk. He's belligerent, like that lady. Mm-hmm. Like we didn't even talk about that lady at the bar. That woman who was just like, ah! like she looked like the male uh, Fullerton, yeah. Melanie. You know, just yelling she she had just gotten fired from the post office for stealing mail i love that you remember her name you remember her whole life yeah i mean how do you forget melanie who fist fights at a comedy show that was like the post office we were like no one's doing a joke about the postal service that woman is 1000 percent voting for trump um and so I'm up there and there's this kid in that Melanie state and she, and he's like just talking to the girls cause he's trying to get laid. Right. So he's just like, uh, and they're just like, shut up. shut up, shut up. And finally, and he's in the front row. And finally I, I, I beat up on him for about 10 minutes and then he won't, he hasn't learned. And the girls have abandoned him. Yeah. 
They got up to go pee yeah. and they left. So now he's my responsibility. <laughs> and so I just, I'm, I'm headlining and I'm about 15 minutes into 45. And I just mm. look at the table and I go, fine. I roll off because it was a high stage and I have a bad back. I roll off the stage like an old woman. I roll <laughs> off. And then I got onto mm-hmm. his table, which was not stable. And then I did the rest of my set about five inches from his, my crotch was in his face for the entire show. <laughs> and, and I did the entire thing balancing on this table. I didn't move. I'm usually very physical on stage. I did not move mm. the entire show. And I asked, and I, That's and I was incredible. like, hey, Hey, I think I'm running out of time. And the host is just like, keep going. Tell the wonton bit. Tell, because he knows me really well. He's like yelling my jokes at me. <laughs> all your, all your he's, like, he's like, tell all the story. You fucking, this is great. And it was, unfortunately, I got video of it, but I didn't get good. It didn't have good lighting. So it just is me mm-hmm. in this. Because you were like kind of in the crowd and you're you in the You can't dark. see me just accosting this dork, this drunk dork for 40 <laughs> minutes because he's too drunk to leave. <laughs> That's incredible. Can I, I have uh, one final question because you're so well-rounded, oh, Anna. Uh, your tw- <laughs> podcast, 12 Questions, which is fantastic. Um, you Give it a listen, roast people. battle. Uh, uh, it's on iTunes and uh, it's fantastic. Um, great guests, and uh, you've you've had a, a a myriad of comedy experiences. And we were talking one time, and I wondered about this for almost like our final question here is: I know you've kind of uh, ghost written mm-hmm. or written for like drag queens and that whole circuit because it is a very similar to roast battle yeah. style where there's like some insult humor, there's um, a lot of like personal sort of like silly attacks on each other is kind of fun have you ever gotten a a nightmarish type situation out of any yeah um anytime you give yeah (laughs) um anytime my writing partner signs us up for a friends and family discount um we're gonna have to do about 85 edits and we're gonna do double the work we would normally do for our average rate which is under a grand but is worth the money and um it it um it's always a pain in the dick every single time every <laughs> every single time and recently it was very funny my writing partner so so just to just to clarify because i'm a little lost so you get hired as a writer so you'll write on like a drag yeah, show so is that what it a, is um, okay yeah yeah just for the folks at home who might not be as well versed as oh, you yeah, and gary yeah, yeah. like so myself if you're um if you're listening to this and you're like how does comedy in hollywood work and writing work well here's what happened i finished rose mm-hmm. battle um where I was sick at the time. So I was wearing like adult diapers to perform on the TV show. Cause I was afraid of bleeding on my clothes. <laughs> like, oh, no. so my, my, sorry to hear that. that it was, you know, tough. it was, that part was tough, but at the same time, um, if I had jumped into most of my friends either had been doing comedy for longer or the ones who had been doing comedy mm-hmm. as long as I had had jumped directly into writer's rooms right after that. If I didn't have my mm-hmm. health problems, I would have, and honestly, an executive asking me, <laughs> did my boyfriend write my jokes? Uh, no, uh, don't do that. Oh, um, so, that uh, <laughs> so there is, um, 
there, there, it gave me an opportunity to become a better writer and a better comedian Mm -hmm. and to go out on the road. And, and I don't, I know that there is a writing job in my future. I take a ton of class. I've been all through COVID taking classes and, you know, investing Mm -hmm. in my career so I can be very well polished when I'm in those situations. I know that there is a future for that for me. And when I, when I get there, I'm going to appreciate it. And I'm going to understand because I worked for it. And up until that point, while I worked very hard, everything was happening so quickly that my brain was sort of tooled to like, Mm -hmm. if you're just good at something, they put you on TV. (laughs) It's like, no, there's a lot of other factors involved. And, um, and, uh, uh, so, uh, where's I going with that? Uh, though the drag, you were so talking about writing for this drag was, show, yeah. is my, my friend, while I was in the middle of struggling to kind of like pay the bills and do the thing. And I was seething mm-hmm. with anger and resentment as my lovely friends excelled. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, and they would call me, they'd be like, I had such a hard day in the writer's room. And I'd be like, I, I bled a fucking watermelon worth of goo today i hate you and like like but i just be like uh-huh, uh-huh. and then i hang up the phone and just be like oh like like punch the wall and so mm-hmm. so i um she got me into she asked me she goes i've been asked to write for this thing called the haters roast tour uh it's a uh peter and murray productions uh, thing and the queens get paid quite a bit of money to do this but they don't know how mm-hmm. to in addition they don't know how to write roast jokes but they also don't know how to like deliver them and they don't they're used to lip syncing yes. and a lot of them <laughs> so anything that involves actual oh, speaking can be a little one queen thor yeah there's taxing. one queen thorgy thor who stole a bunch of roast battle jokes when i went to the actual show i was like Bish. wow I love that you're willing to name names. We're going to be, we're going to be awash in like angry ah, queens. Yeah, I mean, why not? Um, but, but yeah. So <laughs> we'll take was, it. We'll take it. At least they'll be listening to the pod. I literally texted the guy who wrote the joke. I was like, is that, um, has the, the teeth of a British person and the pounds of a British person joke yours? And he was like, absolutely. And I was like, yo, a drag queen just did it at this show where everybody was paying oh, wow. like $90 a ticket to go. And he said, I'm honored, Jesus. which is great. That was like the great, that's a t- <laughs> because it's just a different, I'm sure that's how most of us. It's a would different feel. culture, you know, and Not I mean, me. it's just it's just different. Yeah. But we were writing original <laughs> yeah. material, and so um, we uh-huh. set a uh, we set a rate uh, kind of accidentally. My partner didn't think that our services were as much as worth as much as I did, and the manager mm-hmm. misread the text and double paid us. <laughs> nice. So that became oh. our base rate. I was like, listen, if they're willing to pay this. Everyone, that's the industry standard now. So, and every year that's we great. up it, uh, you know, a hundred dollars. And, um, yeah. and so it just got, word got around that if you do this tour, you don't want to go up and look like an idiot. So do the, do the packet and it, or ask these yeah. girls to write your jokes. And we would get mm-hmm. wild text messages at two in the morning from managers, like, Hey, can you do this? Okay, well, I need it in three days. Well, we're gonna have to add a couple hundred onto that. Okay, no problem. Venmo would just light mm-hmm. up, and we'd be like, "Fuck!" Like, yeah, so. Wow. But that's amazing. Mid tour, people drop off because they get TV opportunities, they get other stuff. So new crops of people mm-hmm. have to jump in, and they never mm-hmm. want to pay full price. 
And when they do, mm-hmm. it's a nightmare. It's such a, it's a nightmare. It's always like, I don't understand that joke. And I don't want to be mean. And I don't want the fans to get angry at me. Uh. And um, like, I wrote some, I wrote some jokes about, cause there's uh, me too scandals in the drag community. And I wrote some jokes about like, it's really great that so-and-so agreed to be here because they finally know what consent is. And like, so like so like shit like that that would have been like the internet would have paid like the internet would have collectively orgasmed and they're just like i can't do that what if the fans come for me and i'm like they're gonna come for you no matter what you want to control how they're gonna come for you or my writing partner i love her she does not come from a rose background so i wrote a joke i was like okay i'm gonna write her a family friendly joke so the joke was um, and this one's actually going to end up on TV, hopefully. Um, the joke mm-hmm. was, um, I'm not saying that Scarlett is cross-eyed, but she's really intimidated by the 18 other queens in this room. Because there's <laughs> nine queens in the room, right? <laughs> and my homegirl comes back and she says, I don't get it. And I go, and I go, 18 <laughs> times two is or you know divided by two yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and she goes and she goes i just don't think math is funny and i was like (laughs) (laughs) somewhere sammy obeyed had a like a tiny stroke just somebody being like i don't think math is funny (laughs) like like, you just was like (laughs) so so it was it was just really and i i love her to pieces and finally i said listen you have tunnel vision i love you and every comedian gets this every you've gotten it i got i feel like i've been mm-hmm. stuck in tunnel vision for like three weeks because every time i turned on the tv i'm like <gasps> i'm buying a gun like that's how angry i am it's society at this point <laughs> i haven't picked out it's a ruger takedown uh 22 rifle and uh, oh nice <laughs> i'm just like oh i'm so mad stop <laughs> <laughs> you, you gotta you gotta stop watching band of brothers i told you once i told you a thousand times it's <laughs> oh is it, it is good i want to read it um, and the book okay. that uh pacific is based on is it's based on two books it's like war in japan and um the old breed um and the old oh. breed is a really good memoir um I, I like that you touched your fancy glasses Thank with you. Book, book Rack, rack. there for the book listeners rack, at home. Uh, take in all the uh, media, uh, comic, uh, comedians really take in stuff that isn't comedy sometimes, like read a novel, read, sci- I love sci-fi, read sci-fi. Mm-hmm. You'll find I, one of my favorite sci-fi writers, John Scalzi, is one of the funniest writers I think out there. And he wrote a book about what if television writers actually shaped an alternate universe and what would happen. And it's, pretty great because he does not love hollywood it's very funny if you're it, <laughs> i was gonna say that sounds like the world yeah we're living it's in. crazy it's crazy uh it's all yeah ratings but yeah based. so so it's i i had to tell her i was like i love you uh i need you to take an hour break and text me afterwards you give her I, gotta, time I gotta put i gotta put you in writer's time out because you crazy right now Over and 30 minutes later she texts yeah. me i'm sorry i think my dog needs to go to the vet hospital and i've been really stressing about it uh-huh. and mm-hmm. you're right i think that joke is funny i was like there are some jokes with when working with a partner you have to fight you have to be like no mm-hmm. yeah no, that one stays in that one stays in it's tv friendly and it's math yeah. it's gonna make you sound so smart like 
it's all about delivery too. Mm-hmm. Trust that the because some of the queens we wrote. <laughs> There's this one queen. I'm gonna do an impression of her. Let me see. I want to go to Red Lobster. Like that's her energy is like crazy, <laughs> and and it it really does not feel like she can read. And so, so she has a real Floyd Mayweather vibe. And um, so we wrote a speech that was Take that was uh, specifically tailored to her her sort of her way, like her vibe. And she yeah. never, her her manager paid out the nose for this thing. And it's maybe one of the best speeches we've ever written, most in the in the character of the drag queen. And I watched videos of her delivering this speech. And she doesn't land a single joke because she, I was right. <laughs> she don't read so well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I was like, that's, oh, man. <laughs> that's, that's great. Anna. Uh, you're the, you're best. the best. Yeah, thanks Thank for joining you. us. Thanks for coming on here. I would love here. to come back. Any, I can uh, yell at you guys about. I mean, there's all kinds of crazy bad. We would road love to gigs. have you back. We will. Yeah. We definitely will. We'll have you back someday. I'd like to hear more about your your technique. It's tremendous. I, so thanks for joining. Love yelling us. at people. Any? <laughs> that's 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 why this is your calling. Check out uh, Twelve Questions. Uh, your pod with. Uh, the bearded Dave Yates um, and uh, roast battle of course and you're on all the things Anna V is funny it should be you know what you're right very funny comic you should talk to her too at some point I know Brandy well yeah we will uh, she's my roommate and she said why is it not Anna V is funny and I said because when I wrote it when I came up with this Instagram and Twitter handle I did not have confidence in my my ability to be funny (laughs) and so I think I'm gonna I think I'm gonna release I'm waiting on um the audio to come back I'm gonna release an EP and I'm actually gonna title it Anna V is funny and switch everything over from Anna V is fun to Anna V is funny because I feel like I've earned it but you thank you thank you but that is Anna Um, with two in me I'm still working that's not true I'm still working you're you're one of the funniest humans Uh, you you're you're one of the funniest humans. Just absolutely delightful. No. Like, no, when I see I you on stage, you're the kind of comic people, the comics come at, like, put their cigarettes out and come in to watch. Well, I I, I think I owe that to the puppetry. Of the penis? Ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. That's, it's just a lot of punching. Uh, <laughs> I call it the punching bag. <laughs> Happy birthday to me. Uh, you're the best. Uh, thank oh, you for joining yeah. us. Thanks for listening. Thanks so Anna much. V is fun on all the things. Check nice. her out. <laughs>